Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back to You Do Woo, everyone, or welcome for the first time if this is your first time listening to the show. I'm your host, Allison Cullen, and I know that y'all have so many options for podcasts to listen to. So I so appreciate you being here each week and jumping into a little bit of my world, the world of woo. But we have a lot of other fun topics that we talk about. We talk about human design, obviously, but also motherhood and practical tips for making everyday life easier, practical tips for raising your energy and your vibration, and a lot of really cool guests on this podcast as well. Today's guest is actually one of my private clients. I met her almost a year ago now. I think it was May 2021 when I did her human design reading. And we've been working together one-on-one over the past year. And she was also one of the students in the first launch of The Feminine Art of Getting Rich, which is one of my online courses that we're going to be launching again soon. So definitely get on the wait list for that if you have not already. But Ava Brannon is her name. Her Instagram handle is Ava Jean Brannon. I'll put that in the show notes below. But she is an amazing expander for all of you projectors out there. She is a projector. She is a mama. She has a little toddler and another baby on the way. She is also a co-founder of Vagabella Swimwear. It's amazing. Her partner in the swimwear company is a gal that I just recently started following. Her and her two babies, like her husband and her two little ones, live on a freaking sailboat their whole life and are so fun to follow. And obviously have a swimwear company, but Ava is a co-founder of that and also the actual designer. She's amazing. She's so fun to follow on Instagram. She's also just had some really magical things come about in her life since she got her human design reading and since she started practicing, really tapping into her projectorhood. It's been really neat to watch the total transformation that she's had over the past 11 months since finding out her human design. But I've, I really loved this conversation. We talked about so many things. We talked about, you know, the whole projector deal with waiting for the invitation and how hard that can be for projectors, but how truly magical it is. And she has some secrets behind that as well. So she shares those within the episode but I love Ava. She's one of my favorite people. She's super fun to follow on social media. And I think y'all are really, really going to enjoy this episode. So enjoy. Please take a screenshot, tag me on it in your stories at you do woo. 
I love to see it when y'all are listening and sharing. And that's really how we've grown this community is just by y'all organically sharing with your friends and family and anybody that you feel like would find value in this information. So share it with a fellow mom, a fellow projector, a fellow entrepreneur. Ava is super magnetic and her story is really fun. So I'll see y'all on the other side. Okay, I have one of my dear friends on the You Do Woo podcast today. Welcome, Mrs. Ava Brannon. Excited to have you. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. This is a completely new experience for me. I've never done a podcast before, but I'm so excited to sit and chat with you for a bit. Well, I'm excited to pop your podcast, Cherry. (laughs) (laughs) We've been actually planning this for quite a while. I met Ava in mid-2021. I actually did a human design reading for her, and we just chatted a lot of things business. She had several different businesses at the time, and we were sort of chatting about figuring out like what to pay attention to in each. She is a projector in human design, which we're going to get to also. And she also is a current student just finishing up the feminine art of getting rich. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. But we were joking because I think you emailed me the other day and you were like, hey, what what all are we going to talk about? Do you like do you have an outline or do you want to chat and figure out what we're going to talk about? And we both have open root centers in human design, which means basically that you like to like know things ahead of time and have a structure and like know everything that's going to happen. I call it me being my like control freak over time and knowing things and everything. It's something I've really been working it a lot lately to decondition from. And I was like, oh, Ava, we're just going to flow. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> okay. So do you feel okay flowing right now? Yes. I'm excited to lean into this. One of my (laughs) friends once told me, I think I said something about, oh, you know, I'm just so go with the flow. And she was like, what are you talking about? You're one of the most regimented people I've ever met. (laughs) And ever since then, I've been a a little bit more um, aware of that about myself. And it's very true. And it's okay. I mean, you know, I know I'm never going to be that like super flowy person. I'm very jealous of people who are like that, who like something random can happen. And they're like, Oh, cool. Well, let's just like work that into the day. I'm like, even if it's a good thing, I'm always like a little bit jarred and I'm like, okay, this is good. Okay. We need to like reschedule all the other things I have planned for today or whatever. So we are going to practice deconditioning from our open root centers today. Okay. So you are a, just so everybody knows sort of Ava's human design. She's a one, three self-projected projector. And I actually, that was one of the things I was going to talk later on, but I sort of want to talk about it now. Since you have learned about being a projector and having the authority of self-projecting, which is basically that G-Center authority, the sounding board authority, what are some things that you've learned about yourself or always sort of knew, but like gave yourself permission to feel or be? 
I think the biggest one was how I really need to use my voice to see how things feel for me. Cause I notice sometimes I start talking about something and I'll either need to walk it back and I'll, I'll realize, Oh, you know what? That actually doesn't resonate with me as much as I thought it did. Or if I am feeling like I need advice, it's almost like I need advice for myself. Like I want to talk to a friend about it and hear how it comes out from me, <laughs> which sounds a bit, I don't know, self-involved, but I guess hearing more about my human design, it makes more sense now that it's just kind of how my brain works. I need to talk it out and be able to work out the problems with my voice. And yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting thing. It's not an easy thing to explain to other people, but if you can figure out how, which you could just send them the self-projected masterclass and be like, this is what I am. Just listen to it. But once you are able to explain that to other people, then they might not take so personally either like not then giving you advice, just letting you use them as a sounding board or being okay with, even if they do need to feel the need to give advice that you're not necessarily going to take it, that you just needed to sort of hear yourself work it out vocally though. It's not like something where it necessarily works typing something out. Do you, do you resonate with that, that you like actually need to hear your voice? 100%. When people say, you know, journal or write out your feelings, I mean, from the youngest age, I can remember being in a car or just whenever I was alone, literally sitting, kind of talking myself through things. Mm -hmm. And it just resonates so much more deeply. And when I write things down, it's just, it kind of goes out the pen and, and that's it. But when I speak it out, I can really feel what feels right or what feels wrong. That's so crazy. I also feel like this is a thing that maybe some projectors have in common. I love speaking with projectors because I have so many projectors like in my personal life, my husband's a projector. And I just think that I'm like the worst wife to a projector ever. So like I'm trying to learn more about how projectors work so that I can then be better for his projectorness. But that's even like one thing where I oftentimes like interrupt him so much and don't truly listen and don't truly try to understand him. And I know that that's probably something that, that leads to like his bitterness. What is that? How does that resonate with you? The not self theme of bitterness? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the not feeling heard and or not feeling understood is the biggest thing for me. And I find that when I'm not feeling like somebody's like really taking in what I'm saying, that brings up that bitterness feeling of just anger and frustration. Mm -hmm. And like, come on, like, listen to what I'm saying. I know you're not taking it for what I'm saying. Or when people try and put words in my mouth, Mm -hmm. oh, that bitterness comes up totally. (laughs) So I know that, okay, it's hard for me to not being a projector to know like how to actually embody this. But I know that from what I've learned in my human design training and what I've talked with other projectors about one way to, to rewind a little bit, the not self theme isn't a bad thing. So whenever it shows up like bitterness, it is just sort of alerting you to like a few different things. One is that you could be overworking yourself. Like projectors are meant to work 
a little bit less than the rest of us, maybe like two or three hours a day or so, and then play and rest and have fun with the rest of their day. So you either might be like working a little bit too much or aren't recognizing your superpowers or your gifts that then you don't need like someone to listen to you and understand you because you so thoroughly understand yourself, which you also being like self-projected authority. I think you have, that's like really, really important for, for other people to understand you, but how have you navigated that? We're being like, okay, I'm feeling bitter, like rewind. What, what does it usually come out to? Do you feel like it's that you were like working too hard or trying to hold too many plates in the air? I know you're a parent also, and you have been running several businesses, or do you think it's that you weren't noticing your superpowers or a mixture? You know, I think what you said about how much I'm meant to work and Mm -hmm. what my output should look like is really interesting because I do know with the way that I work, when I'm in flow, I can hammer out an amount of work in, like you said, two to three hours that would take somebody most likely the full day Mm -hmm. to get done. And that's something I've always felt really confident in. So when I was in corporate, America mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything is on a clock and you're here from nine to five or well, in my case, it was like eight to eight. Yeah. That was very difficult to feel the pressure of, okay, I need to be on all the time, but my on is like 150% Yeah, where I could get that done in such a smaller bucket. Um, yeah. That's not quite fair. Cause you're like projectors are so much more efficient than the rest yeah. of us. And then Also with the just kind of juggling things, becoming a mom has been a huge kind of mirror for me of realizing I don't have to do everything. I can Mm -hmm. delegate to other people (laughs) and be such a better me, a better mom. A huge part of that has been, you know, my son is now in daycare Mm -hmm. and I'm able to work and really focus and getting rid of some of the plates that I spin Mm -hmm. is going to be something I'm actively working towards because I'm also five months pregnant with my second. So (laughs) we are in currently right now, I'd say from the moment I found out I was pregnant to now, I have had a complete life shift of what feels right to me, what I'm called to do Mm -hmm. and how I want to spend my time. Yeah. And I'm actually really looking forward to the next five months of, you know, being able to utilize this time to really dive into myself and get some things that I'm passionate about done. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully with the next baby, with some of the things that I've learned with human design and just with what's been working and what feels right, that I'll be able to take this next step a bit more gracefully because (laughs) becoming a mom the first time was, I didn't feel like a natural at that. Dude, I don't think anybody does. Also, okay, so her little one just turned two. I think ours are maybe like five months apart or so. And I just want to tell you that us raising our first kids in the middle of a pandemic was a shit show and not normal. And I know that like first time parenthood and whatever can be isolating. It takes a village and that's like legit true. Otherwise, you're sort of like an insane person. But add a global pandemic to that and all the stress and polarity and isolation and terribleness that goes along with that. Like I literally props to you 
for having a second because where I am right now is I'm like, I still have PTSD from those first two years and fuck that. Like I can't, I can't. So I know that your baby, your spirit baby was like, this is the right time to come in. Mine's still like, okay, that lady like needs, needs some chill time first, but I don't know that it comes natural to anyone. And I think that's something that like we sort of need to talk about. I think maybe in the past it did come very natural because, you know, women in the past had two or three or four older women living with them, helping them raise this baby. And we don't have that, you know? Absolutely. That takes it. It takes a village thing is so true. And we have not had that. So I am really hoping for a different experience this next time around and you just will. personally yeah. supporting myself because yeah. you know at the time I didn't really know anything about postpartum I don't even yeah. know if I had that but sure feels like I did yeah. and now you know I have a new therapist and like yes. you know I'm checking out all these different venues of knowing myself more and yeah I'm hoping I'll be a little bit more supported in that way as well just all these different tools. I actually met a doula at the airport and I was like, oh, tell me, tell me what I can kind of do to prepare for this second. And she was like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about what you're going to do when the baby comes. Like, let's talk about the fourth trimester. Yes. Yes. Who's going to be your go-to? What, what do you have in place that's going to help you out? And that was such a light bulb moment. I was like, wow, we really do need to think about that more. Dude, I, I keeps, dude is just what I say, girl. I, Remember, one of my husband's work friends asked us, I was like in my ninth ninth month of pregnancy, almost there. And he asked us like, hey, does any, did anybody do a meal, whatever? What is that called when people like plan to help you out with meals? It's like a, oh, like a meal train or meal train. Yeah, Has anybody that. done a meal train for you? And I was like, no, we don't need that. We're fine. We don't, we said no to that. And I was like, <laughs> we were so fucking stupid. Like, why did we say no to that? I mean, people <laughs> were still awesome and brought us meals and sent us meals and all of the things. But I was like, uh, next time I will say, yes, I will go put a meal train together for myself and send it out to everybody that I know. So yeah, you learn so much. And I do think that fourth trimester, that first 90 days is so sacred and there's so many hormones going on. And that is your ultimate time to like practice delegating and getting help and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. About being a projector. One thing that when I'm working one-on-one with projectors, they always ask me is like, what the heck is an invitation. And I don't want to wait for an invitation because that's not what we're taught to do for their strategy. And you were sharing a story with me about your current business, about how you, like there was an invitation that came without you forcing or making things happen or hustling or any of that kind of stuff. And that was years ago before you even knew that you were a projector and you were supposed to wait for invitation. Will you share that story? Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny that you pointed out that that was waiting for an invitation because when we did do our reading last summer, it was so hard for me to understand Mm -hmm. the concept of waiting for an invitation. So I love that you were able to show me that I actually already did that with something Mm -hmm. that's become successful and a big part of my life. I was a senior designer for a large corporate company. Gosh, back, I left in 2017 and I decided to go out on my own and just kind of try something different. And all the cards lined up. It was one of those things where I felt like the universe was like, okay, this is 
what you need here. I'm going to give you literally everything you need to walk away from this job. Yeah. And it felt so right. So I started working with different small brands and designing and doing graphic design and all these little things and just kind of seeing what came. It was a it was a really good open moment of let's just see what feels right and take on all those things. So about a year into that, my husband and I followed this YouTube channel called Sailing the Vagabond. And and do y'all <clears throat> sail? No, but my husband is a huge spear fisherman. Oh, cool. So this couple that literally lives on a sailboat, they were doing a bunch of spear fishing. And so my husband had been watching the show and I saw, <laughs> I saw it up on our TV one day and I was like, who is this hot Australian girl that you keep on watching yeah. without me? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and he told me about the show. He was like, no, they spearfish all the time. It's really awesome. They live on a boat. So I started watching too and following Elena on her Instagram. And we were watching them for a good four years. So she posted on her Instagram that she needed a, somebody who could do a tech pack. And that's something that I do like day in, day out. You know, I was like, what's a tech pack? But if you're, yeah. if you're in fashion design, you know what this is. So if you're not, it's literally just a package of all of the details that a factory would need to put together a garment. So sewing details, fabric, all the measurements, all of those things. So I immediately sent her an email with you know, examples of my work, my resume. And I just had this feeling she's starting a swimwear line. I just knew it. And it was really interesting because for the past year, I had been kind of trying to get into that world. It was a, a category I hadn't worked much in before. Mm-hmm. And even on my spare time, I was creating little collections that weren't for anybody, just for me, just to be creative. And I get a response from her about 40 minutes later. And she said, you know, I've already gotten so many people reaching out, but you just really stood out. That was your invitation. And there it was. (laughs) That's so crazy. Okay. Also, I have a funny story about swimsuits. I am not a shopper and I'm not into fashion. Like I'm just very not anybody who knows me and sees me and the way I, I dress knows this, but I've always freaking loved swimsuits. Even when I was like really little I'm going to buy a Bagabella swimsuit because they're amazing. I will put that information in the show notes below. But when my husband and I got married, we decided to elope and we went to Kauai. And I tell people this story and they're like, what is wrong with you? I got my wedding dress, obviously. And I had a couple of like new dresses or fun things. And then literally 20 swimsuits. We were the only there 10 days, but I brought literally 20 or 21 swimsuits. And then the rest, I brought old clothes that I could throw away while we were there <laughs> as I wore them. <laughs> and I and I even brought some old swimsuits that I was like, I'll wear this once and then I'll throw it away. And every place that we would go in Hawaii, because we like island hopped, I would throw things away so that I didn't have to bring them back home. That's like, genius. But that is like the weirdest thing. Normally girls will go buy a whole new wardrobe for their honeymoon or wedding. And I was just like, okay, I have these two nice dresses and then I'll just wear whatever. But I did bring 20 swimsuits. So I'm a swimsuit person and I love it. But I love that. I love that story about the invitation because people, projectors are always like, okay, well, I have to wait for somebody to contact me. And no, that's not the case because you're, partner in Vega Bella would never have 
Bagabella, sorry, I keep, I'm just going to mess up. You're good. Bagabella <laughs> would never have just like come found you and DM'd you on Instagram. But her putting that out there was the invitation. You know, if you had like not seen that and you instead like tried to go stalk her and on Instagram and just like, you know what I mean? It would have been... Yeah a very different situation. Even like with you coming on this podcast, when we did your human design reading and when we were working together more one-on-one for like business coaching through your human design, I was like, hey, you have a defined throat center. You need to come on the podcast at some point. So I like invited you to come on the podcast. So it's very, very magnetic to wait for some sort of invitation like that for projectors. And the way to make those invitations come is to really do those things like stepping into your self-worth, realizing your gifts, not working so much like you stepping away from corporate. How long did you last? How many years did you last in corporate? There for seven years. That's a lot for a projector. Yeah. What did you notice, like just energy wise or health wise over those seven years? Like, oh, what was that I like? I would say the bitterness was a huge, huge yeah. element. And I mean, my husband even said the year that we, so we got married in 2016. And after we got married and I left corporate, I remember kind of talking to him about how tough it was and how I just felt like I was not a great version of myself. And I remember him saying, yeah, you know, <laughs> the year leading up to our wedding, I really didn't like you very much. Like I knew we'd get through it and I knew you're the one, but that was tough because that was a season of my job that was so insanely high pressure. And I was never home ever. And when I was, I was spinning. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was tough. It was a really intense seven years of my life. I'm grateful for it because it was a huge challenge and Mm -hmm. it taught me a ton but I'm so grateful that the opening for me to leave came so clearly. Yeah. I've spoken with lately a lot of projectors in their 40s or 50s, one-on-one, who legit just quit jobs that were they were working 40, 60, 80, 80 hours a week. And most of them, it ended up being for health reasons. So, you, you know, you were in your early 20s, which you have some stamina to push. But usually once people keep pushing into their 30s and 40s is when the health projectors um, keep trying to do that 40-hour work week or more. It, that's when the health health stuff starts happening. So I'm thankful for you that it didn't ever get to that point. Absolutely. Yeah. That's huge. Also wanted to touch on really quick. So... Ava has a totally open ego center. Like it's open, it's undefined. And also there are no gates lit up, which is really interesting. And this just sort of means that she does not have consistent access to willpower and motivation. So there's going to be days that she just wants to chill or go to the beach or play or whatever, and not like hustle, hustle, hustle. And the hustling is really a something that is a condition that we have to unlearn especially projectors, especially people with open egos. But the cool thing about a totally open ego is that a lot of times your huge successes come from either the times where you take really long breaks and don't work and you rest and play or you're on vacation or, you know, she could go live in the BVIs for a month and end up meeting like somebody who then gives her business this quantum leap. Just to give an example for that, their success doesn't come from the hustle and the actual physical work. So that's something to keep in mind. How did you feel when you learned about 
your open ego. Well, it really brought me back to corporate and how when I was in those seven years, it was always about how much I'm working and being so like all my pride was in, oh, I'm so busy and mm-hmm. I'm so, you know, I'm, I never have a free moment. And that was where I felt like my self-worth came from was mm-hmm. showing people just how busy I am, you know? <laughs> and after leaving, I was so surprised because I believe it was the first year I was able to make the same amount of money working for myself as I was working for this big corporate company, which they were paying me very well. That was something mm-hmm. that I was really blessed with was the fact that I, I do feel that they paid me what I was worth, which mm-hmm. not a lot of people got that. So mm-hmm. leaving and being able to sustain it was huge for me and being able to say, you know, I don't have to be the busiest person yeah. <laughs> to maintain success or abundance. Dude, that is one thing that I have been over the past year really trying to switch, I guess, is that instead of apologizing and being like, I've been so busy, I've sort of taken busy out of my vocabulary, but I sometimes have replaced it with like, life is crazy. And I'm like, well, life is just always crazy (laughs) because we're living a human experience on this earth. But now I say, hey, I have a really full week, you know, and I want to still maintain open space for myself in this week. So I can't do that right now. Instead of being like, yeah, I'm super busy this week. I just always say this week's full and I'm not adding anything so that I can have a lot of, you know, self-care time. I feel like we need to be a little bit more vocal about not being busy and that's okay. Cause so many times people will be like, well, can you do this? And you want to be like, I'm just too busy. I'm like, well, no, I just don't want to do that. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it kind of ties into something I learned with our money course because mm-hmm. it's almost like you need to leave time to receive. You need to leave yes. open moments to receive and appreciate because when I was making that big paycheck, I wasn't appreciating it Yeah, at all. And yeah. I probably wasn't making the most out of it either. Yeah. I mean, part of that being because I wasn't even living my life. I was yeah. in the office the whole time, but Yeah. Something that I've learned through your money course, which I know we'll get into is that whole receiving thing. And I think when you leave time to be open to it and to recognize it, it's so much more powerful. Yeah. I want to ask you a question about that in a second, but one thing I wanted to go back with the like working and projectors and all of that kind of stuff is I read this book last year called the top five regrets of the dying Have you heard of that book? I have. Oh my gosh, it's so good. One thing that she talks about in there is like, so she was basically, I guess, sort of like a hospice worker or death doula. And so she spent time with older people or people who had like diseases or whatever who were dying. And they would sit and talk with her on their deathbed about like things that they regretted. And one of the first ones, obviously, oh, it's going to make me cry. But was like, I wish I wouldn't have worked so much. And this is a hard thing for me because like, especially my dad's side of the family and I love them and they instill work ethic, but like workaholism was a big deal. Like that was the norm. And thankfully, especially my grandfather on that side got to retire pretty early. I think he retired in his late fifties and was able to like travel the world and all of that kind of stuff. But there were a lot of things that maybe he didn't realize till the very end, but like we as children or grandchildren saw that he was not around so much for like my dad. And he was still a great 
father and all of those things, but just that conditioning of like work, work, work is the most important thing. Working a lot is the most important thing. It's good to brag about how much you're working and working overtime and working on the weekends and all of that kind of stuff. And then to read this book where it was like, okay, that, and I have workaholic tendencies and I very much working on deconditioning from that because I do not want my daughter to see that at all. I want her to see like a really healthy work-life balance. And I want her to see me only doing work that really lights me up, but knowing when to turn it off and knowing when to play and and all of that kind of stuff. But that's a highly recommend that book for anybody, for anybody. It's just a great book to put priorities, priorities straight. Okay. Final thing I want to talk to you about is the feminine art of getting rich. So we are just finished up the first round of students. I think there were about 50 students and you were one of them. How did you like the course and what, what were some takeaways that you had? Well, the course came at a really interesting time for me because before I got pregnant, I had a whole other plan for my next six months of my life and what I was planning on focusing on. And the second I got pregnant, everything changed, Mm -hmm. just my energy and where I wanted to put my creativity and my efforts. So starting your course was kind of blowing my mind because it came at a really interesting part of my life because I all of a sudden just felt this huge shift. And so talking to you about bringing in different income portals, that was huge for me in realizing, okay, there's like so much at my fingertips that I can access and make this shift in a more graceful way than I was kind of expecting. Because there was one piece of income that I was sort of stepping away from. And I realized, okay, like I can fill that space with these things that aren't necessarily going to take a ton of my time, that can be more passive. And as we were going through the course, I mean, there were moments where I would be listening to your training and I would get a message popping up on my phone with an opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) It was nuts. It was like all these things started really just organically happening. And I think that one of the biggest things that I took on was kind of the art of receiving Mm -hmm. and really practicing how to receive abundance. Mm -hmm. So that was a big one for me. You had told me a fun story about your dad and what what he would tell you growing up. Yeah. It really resonated with me because growing up, my dad would always say, if somebody gives you a compliment, take it in, receive it, say thank you. Yeah. Because a lot of us have that tendency to somebody says, oh, your hair looks so pretty. Oh, you know, it's fine. It's it's okay. Kind of negate what people say. So when we came to talking about the receiving again, that really brought me back to how you used to just say, just take it in, just receive it, say thank you. Yeah. And now when I see abundance coming into my life, or I loved how it was like with energy or with money's energy, even the smallest bit, a penny mm-hmm. is the same as a million dollars. So we need to be thankful for whatever comes in. So now I really am trying to be more mindful of that, even if I get a Venmo comes through and you know it's 20 bucks, whatever. Just yeah. being, taking a moment to say, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad this came in and I'm so appreciative of it. Yeah. I think especially as women, well, A, I love that your father taught you that from a super early age. I'm like, okay, we need to start 
teaching Caroline this, especially as women, we're so taught to deflect or make up a reason that something looks good. You know, like when somebody gives a a compliment, be like, oh, thanks. I just got my hair done, you know? And it's like, well, can your hair just look good anyways? Because it looks good because you look beautiful or whatever. And I know that there's many other compliments you can have other than looking beautiful. So all the feminists don't start yelling at us right now. But it's something I'm still working on. Because when somebody gives you a compliment, what I've started to notice lately is like my bodily reactions. It's like, Ooh, that doesn't feel comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when people give you that compliment, you either are like, need to go and give a compliment back, or you need to negate it or minimize it. And what I do lately is I say, thank you. I'm like, thank you, period. Nothing else like your dad taught. But then I also notice the sensations like going on in my body. And I'm like, okay, why is my like throat clenching up? Like what's going on? And it's literally your energy getting constricted, which is what blocks money, abundance, any good things from coming in is you like constricting or cutting off your energy instead of receiving and letting it flow through you. So I think it's like an ongoing lifelong lesson and just the situations get different or the amounts get bigger or the whatever. I don't know. Do you resonate with that? Like I, that's, that's what I've been noticing lately about receiving compliments. Yeah, absolutely. That uncomfortable feeling and kind of shifting it. Yeah. And I think that also has to do with self-worth. You know, one of the things I talked to y'all about inside of there, I think, and one of, there was, there's so many videos and like pieces of homework and podcast episodes that I shared. And I'm like, okay, did I, was this just something that stayed in my head or did I add it to the course? But the idea of like, okay, what if somebody that you didn't know just came up and randomly gave you an envelope that had $10 million in it. Like, what would that feel like? And what would you do? And would you be able to accept it? And like, what bodily sensations would you have? And it's like, oh, God. And it's like, if we could see compliments in the same way as that, what would that do to our self-worth? Like to, you know, vibrating up here and to increasing our self-worth and to increasing our ability to receive. Yeah. Anyways, those were some of the things that, that we talked about. But Thank you for being one of the first students of the Getting Rich course. And I'm excited to see what all it's going to do for your business too. I honestly, I almost want to start it over again because... Oh, you can. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on like doing it over and over. And the resources that you gave were so incredible. The different podcasts, Sammy... How do you say her last name? Dryling. Yeah. Sammy Dryling. Oh my gosh. She had a video on there that was all about abundance and your inner kind of inner goddess. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting to me and a very fun exercise to do, especially in a moment where I I was not by any means letting my inner goddess shine. <laughs> I was nauseous and in bed for four months for my yeah. first trimester. So that came at a time when I really needed it. Yeah. You can totally go and redo it. And we're getting yeah. ready to start the second launch of it too. So you can, you'll have a whole new group of people to do it with. That's, I feel like the most fun is when you have like some accountability partners to walk through the course with. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Okay. So tell everybody where they can connect with you online and tell yeah, everybody can- how to, how to connect with you so they can watch you as a fellow projector and expander for them. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you can find me on Instagram at Ava Jean Brannon. And then there's a link in my bio for my swimmer line, the website, and also the Instagram, which is vaga.bella.swim on Instagram or www.vagabellaswim.com. As soon as we are done recording, I'm going to go pick out. I know that y'all have a, a new line coming for the summer, yes. but I need I need a swimsuit now. So I'm going to go buy one now and then I'll get another one from the new line or 10. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited about the new line. So yeah, awesome. stay tuned for that. Thank you so much, Ava, for coming on the You Do Woo podcast. And I just, I've loved working with you over the past almost year and look forward to growing with you in the future too. Thank you, hon. This was a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at yudowoo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.